The Atlanta Braves get a huge series win against the San Francisco Giants. Dansby Swanson continues to stay red hot and should be an all-star this season. And Freddie Freeman makes his return to Atlanta. We'll cover all of that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves, where you can be part of the conversation. Send in any comments, questions, feedback that you may have for the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Really does help out the show a ton. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. It means a ton to me. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you it's brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more when you use the code LOCKEDON. On today's Friday podcast, we're going to talk about the series win the Braves had over the Giants with their win on Thursday, a close 7-6 win there to finish off that four-game series. Talk about Dansby Swanson, just how good he has been and how he should be an all-star. And then we'll talk about uh, Kyle Wright's performance as well, and we'll talk about Freddie Freeman and his return to Atlanta. Well, let's start with Thursday's game, a 7-6 win for the Atlanta Braves. Didn't think it would be that close uh, after they scored five runs in an inning early on, took a, a big lead, but they get the job done. They hold on and they get the win. It's a four-game series win over the Giants, which is huge. The Giants are a team that they're obviously battling for a postseason spot with in the wild card. Of course, as I said the other day, the Braves had much higher aspirations. They're now just four games back of the New York Mets in the NL East. But still, good to be able to take on a contending team like the Giants head-on for really close games. All three wins for the Braves were decided by one run. Obviously, a couple of walk-offs in there for the Braves. And the one game they lost was decided by two runs in a slugfest that they lost 12-10. to 10. So, very competitive series against two really good teams. And any game could have gone either way. But luckily, the Braves come out on top in three of those and again, like I said, with the Mets off on Thursday, the Rays pick up half a game, and they're now just four games back in the NL East. It's exactly where you want to be. I've been saying all along, you know, get to just the all-star break even, and we still have a month more before that comes, or, or I'm sorry, we get before the trade deadline, the end of July, and if you're within five games, I still feel pretty good about the Rays' chances of winning the division, and getting within five games seemed like a monumental task just a couple of weeks ago. But here they are now, just four games back. Again, still have 15 head-to-head games left with the New York Mets. So the Braves are certainly right there in striking distance to still take the division. And again, something that did not seem 
uh, doable just a couple of weeks ago. So great to see that from the Braves. They continue to inch their way back into the NL East race. But I want to talk about Dansby Swanson. Goes three for four on Thursday, three runs, three RBI, two home runs. Has just been on an absolute tear for two months now. I mean, this is no longer just a hot stretch. This is just what Dansby Swanson is doing. And look, he'll cool off at some point, I think. But what he is doing right now is just unbelievable. And he's even hotter in June than he was in May when he really started to pick things up. In June, he's slashing 372, 443, 640. He scored 21 runs, driven in 17, three stolen bases, six home runs, five doubles. He is absolutely tearing it up in June. And we've talked about it. I've said it here. Grandma Colley said it on the postcast as well. Dansby Swanson is the MVP of this team. He has been their most valuable player all season long outside of those first two weeks of the season when he was honestly just dreadful at the plate. So, again, I don't know if this will keep up all year long. It'd be hard to keep up the pace that he's at right now. But, I mean, this is a prolonged stretch, a two-month stretch of a really good Dansby Swanson. So, I think he deserves to be in the All-Star game. I think he will be in the All-Star game, whether as a starter or as a reserve. And here's why. You look at his ranks among in National League shortstops. He's first in OPS at 868. Second in home runs at 12. First in runs scored at 47. Second in hits with 79. Fourth in doubles. Third in runs batted in with 41. Second in stolen bases with 11. He's third in average at 302. One point behind Jose Iglesias, who has played 14 fewer games. So you could pretty much say Dansby's second in average. He's first in on-base percentage for a guy who normally doesn't walk a ton. 8.7% walk rate this year, a little bit above his average. And he's first in fan graphs in war among NL shortstops at 3.1. So, again, he's at the top uh, of the rankings for just about every category for National League shortstops. It's really he and, and Trey Turner. I think one of those will start the All-Star game. The other one will be right behind him. But either way... Dansby Swanson has put together an all-star first half for the Atlanta Braves. If you are voting, please make sure you're voting for Dansby Swanson, who deserves to be in this all-star game. And again, I think he'll be there, whether it's as a starter or as a reserve. Obviously, Brian Snickers, the manager. So I feel good about Dansby's chances of getting on the team would be his first all-star game and certainly well-deserved. And thinking about going forward in the future, we've talked about this a lot. What are the Braves going to do this offseason with Dansby Swanson? Are they going to resign him, bring him back? The price tag right now is going up. And I heard Greg Amsinger on MLB Network the other day say that he thinks he could get $150 million over five years. If that's the case, then he's gone. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that now. I don't think there's any way the Braves are paying him $20-plus million a year. I've said all along I would be comfortable with four or five-year deal at around 12 million that price tag more be getting might be getting closer to 15 million i think he gets again i still think he gets something like a brandon crawford type deal that the giants gave him but he is certainly playing himself into a good bag of money this offseason whatever he wants to do we'll see if the braves decide to try to start those negotiations a little bit sooner now or just let things play out we saw with freddie freeman last year and we'll talk about some more about that later you know, they have a certain 
mount that they're willing to go and they will not go past that. Um, hopefully Dansby Swanson is not playing himself past that range right now, but uh, that's going to be obviously a huge talking point throughout the rest of this season and into the off season as well. But I've been on board for bringing Dansby Swanson back, but again, I think he he's playing the way he's playing right now. He may actually price himself out of what the Braves are comfortable with doing, but we'll see how this keeps up over the rest of the year. I hope keeps it up just for the sake of this team, because like I said, he has been the MVP for the 2022 Atlanta Braves, and it's been fun to see. All right, next, to talk about the pitching and Kyle Wright. It's kind of rough day, back-to-back rough outings now for Kyle Wright. We'll discuss that next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Braves listeners, as I mentioned at the top, get $50 off purchases of $500 or more when you use the promo code Locked On at checkout. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces as well. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NHL Finals, Major League Baseball, obviously, fighting news, MMA, UFC, boxing, and futures for the NFL. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Kyle Wright started the game for the Braves on Thursday and a bit of a rough outing for him. Uh, gave up 10 hits in this game. That's now back-to-back games that he's giving up double-digit hits, which obviously is a cause for concern. Just seven swings and misses on Thursday. None on his curveball, which is uh, a rarity for sure, as it's the pitch that he has thrown the most. He threw the most on Thursday, I will say he did have 19 called strikes, which is a pretty high number of called strikes, but wasn't exactly fooling anybody when they swung. Is again, not a lot of swings and misses. And when the Giants did put the ball in play, they hit the ball pretty hard, an average exit velocity against of 94.5 miles per hour. And went back and looked at the location of all of those, all 10 hits. Seven of those were pitches right down the middle. Now, when I say down the middle, I don't mean in the middle of the strike zone. I mean either top, middle, middle, or low middle. But seven of those 10 hits were over the middle of the plate, where obviously it's a lot easier for hitters to do damage and make hard contact. So, you know, he walked a batter. He hit two batters. I think all this points to just simple command issues right now. He's missing over the heart of the plate. They talked about it on the broadcast Thursday as well. He seemed to be missing glove side a lot. 
So I don't know if there's a mechanical adjustment there, something that needs to change. But right now, he just seems to be missing a lot over the heart of the plate, and it's leading to some hard hit balls. And they are finding some holes, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, a lot of these balls that are these hits are just singles that are, are getting through the infield, and some of that's a bit unfortunate. But like I said, a lot of these balls were getting hit pretty hard as well. One thing that helped him out, because he keeps getting those balls hit on the ground, which is certainly great. He got four double plays, one in each of the first four innings, and that certainly helped him navigate through this game and avoid giving up a ton of runs or uh, prevent the Giants from putting up a crooked number. I mean, that it was just incredible to watch every inning. He'd put a runner on and then quickly get a double play. But he had a lot of traffic in this game. I thought Snicker, obviously hindsight being what it is, I thought Snicker probably left him in a little too long for as hot as it was. You're talking about a day game at 11 a.m. The heat index is pushing over 100. He had a lot of stressful pitches with base runners on in every inning. I thought he pushed, pushed him a little too far trying to get him through six innings. I understand why the Braves had a big lead. You want to try and save the bullpen and let Wright go you know, as far as he can. But I thought he left him in a little too long. I would have considered bringing him out after that fifth inning, but certainly after he allowed the first two batters on in the sixth inning, I thought he had to pull him at that point. Didn't, gave up a couple of more base runners and made his final line look a lot worse. So, again, not a huge criticism there for Snicker. I get why. You got a huge lead. You're hoping you know one of your best pitchers you've had all year can just give you one more inning, and I understand the desire for that. But again, on a hot day like that, he's had a lot of traffic. I thought he left him in just a little bit too long. But overall for Wright, when just watching him pitch and looking at some of the, the analytics and data, to me, the command just seems a little bit off right now. Again, when he's missing, he's missing over the heart of the plate and he's getting hit hard and giving up a lot of hits in his last two starts. So something to watch going forward with Kyle Wright. As far as the bullpen in this game, Smith and Jansen each gave up a run. Bullpen a little shaky in some of these games in the Cubs series. Obviously, the game they lost on Tuesday, a rough outing from the bullpen. Not necessarily your top guys, um, but on Thursday it was with Will Smith giving up a run and then Jansen giving up a home run to Jack Peterson. Luckily, the Braves had enough of a cushion. They were able to hang on for the one-run win. But got to mention Jesse Chavez and the work he did coming on in the sixth inning getting out of that jam that Kyle Wright had created, and then getting through the seventh inning as well. Overall, an inning and two-thirds, no hits, one walk. And honestly, I think you could say that was perhaps an intentional, unintentional walk. He walked Brandon Belt on four pitches with first base open. He got three strikeouts as well. In June, Jesse Chavez has pitched 11 innings, allowed seven hits, walked three batters, has not allowed an earned run, and has 12 strikeouts. This is a guy that they got from the Cubs for a player that the Braves were designating for assignment. Essentially, the Bra a player the Braves were dropping in Sean Newcomb, who, oh, by the way, has already been DFA'd by the Cubs. I don't know what it is about Jesse Chavez in a Braves uniform. Look, his first go-around, or his first first go-around way back when, I thought Jesse Chavez was one of the worst pitchers I had ever seen, and I didn't think he would last another year in the big leagues. And now here he is. And for whatever reason, this time around with the Braves, he just has some sort of magic going. And he has been incredible since coming over from the Cubs this year. And his June stats show that with how good he has been. 
and the role that he is in coming in in the middle innings in a game that you know was getting closer it ended up being a three-run game ultimately when he came in and he held on to it and held it for an inning and two-thirds I mean that is incredible work but what he does coming in in middle innings kind of bridging that gap in games where either the Braves are up by a lot or some games where they're just down by two or three runs, he really does a great job of just coming in and settling things down and keeping the score right where it is. So I want to give Jesse Chavez a lot of praise for the work that he's done with the Braves this year. Again, a guy that just comes in, throws strikes, relies on the defense behind him. But as you saw, three strikeouts on Thursday, he can get those as well. So great work from him. And then Travis Darno, a three-hit game. You know, we talked about it on the postcast with Grant McCauley and just the catcher situation with Travis Darno and William Contreras. They combined for 18 home runs when they are playing catcher. Uh, I think it's the best catching tandem in all of baseball. I haven't done any research on that, but I feel like I'm pretty safe going out and making that assumption. What they are doing behind the plate, not just handling the pitching staff and blocking baseballs, which I think both have done a great job of this year. William Contreras has made huge strides in that area, but they are getting it done at the plate. And it almost just reminds me of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. They talked about how each one just pushed the other one when somebody went out there and, and threw a gym. You know, it just motivated them even more to go out there and do that their next time on the mound. It seems like that's what's going on with Travis Darno. You know, William Contreras gets the big game-tying hit on Wednesday. Darno comes back out on Thursday, gets a three-hit game. It's like they're just feeding off each other and wanting to one-up each other every day, and it's making a really great tandem behind the plate for the Atlanta Braves. So, again, another a three-hit game for Travis Darno batting second in the lineup, and that's something to mention, too. The fact that Snicker set a lot of starters on Thursday, put out a lineup that honestly had you scratching your head, and they put up seven runs and get a win against the San Francisco Giants, a series-clinching win in a four-game series. So just great work by these guys coming off the bench. One of those in particular, Bill Goslin, the goose is loose, got a couple of hits on Thursday as well. So again, just a, a great job by these Braves players who come off the bench and deliver uh, just about every time you put them out there and to be able to give Riley and Acuna a full day of rest off. I think Acuna really needs it. I know he had a big game the other day, but he's been struggling a lot of late, playing in the outfield pretty much every day now. Uh, It's a great opportunity to get him a day off. Riley as well, who didn't get a full day off on Wednesday. He's now had a day and a half off looking to get those guys rested for a big weekend series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, which we'll preview next. Freddie Freeman returns to Atlanta over the weekend. It'll be his first return trip to Atlanta since signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And it'll be an emotional weekend, that's for sure. You don't necessarily want to rehash everything that happened in the offseason. You all know especially you've been listening to the podcast for a while, what all went down there. Look, I thought Freddie Freeman would be an Atlanta Brave forever. I I wish that he would. Uh, I love Freddie Freeman, love the person, love the player. I'm happy with where the Braves are now. I love Matt Olson. He is now my first baseman. He is now an Atlanta Brave. I've talked about this off air with Grant McCullen. I think I mentioned it on the postcast last night as well. I'm kind of over it. I've moved, I've moved on and, I hardly even ever think about Freddie Freeman now and 
what you know he, what it means him being with the Dodgers or not being with the Braves. I've gotten past all of that. That being said, this weekend is going to be huge. Um, I think more so for Freddie Freeman than anybody else. Freddie Freeman thought he would be with the Atlanta Braves forever. You don't believe that? Go read the article in, in Mark Bowman's mailbag on MLB.com, and you can see the way that things played out. And, look, I put all the blame on Freddie's management. You can put some of the blame on Freddie Freeman not being more active in those negotiations. But I honestly feel he wanted to be with the Atlanta Braves forever. I honestly feel he was shocked when it didn't happen. And I think it's going to be a hard homecoming for him. I think it's going to be very emotional. I will say this. If you're listening now, you're going to the game. Please, please show Freddie Freeman the appreciation that he deserves for what he did for this organization. Even if you're unhappy with the way things played out and with where he is now, please give him the appreciation that he deserves. This is a guy that spent 15 years in this organization, made five all-star game appearances, won two gold gloves, two silver sluggers, or sorry, one gold glove, two silver sluggers, an MVP, and brought a World Series championship to the city, signed a contract going through a rebuild, and and brought a championship to the city. He is one of the best Braves players in franchise history, perhaps top 10. Please give him the appreciation that he deserves. Give him that standing ovation when he gets his ring, his first at bat. Second at bat, you want to boo him or he gets a hit, you want to boo him. That's certainly fine. But I just I hope that most Braves fans, and I believe they will, will understand what Freddie Freeman meant for this team, for this organization, how much he loves this city, how much he loves Braves country and show him that love in return. So that's my one hope for the weekend, other than the Braves sweeping the Dodgers and Freddie Freeman going 0 for 15 at the plate with 15 strikeouts. I still hope that he gets the love that he deserves coming back to Atlanta. And getting into the matchups for this weekend, Ian Anderson versus Julio Urias. Urias has been very good this year, a 2-5-6 ERA, 70 and a third inning, 62 strikeouts. Hasn't gone more than six innings in any outing this year. The Rays owned him this past postseason. Before that, it was all Urias, so interesting to see how that plays out in the regular season. The Braves are good against lefties, and they're throwing a couple in this series with Urias on Friday and Andrew Heaney on Saturday. But going back to Friday, the Braves will throw Ian Anderson. Coming off his best start of the year, can he duplicate that against the Dodgers? No free passes for Ian. That's always the key with him. He doesn't give up a lot of hits, but when he combines those with walks that can be a problem for him sometimes that's when he runs into a lot of trouble runs up his pitch count and then it's a struggle for him to get through five innings honestly for me against this Dodgers team he gets through five innings maybe six uh, I would be very happy with Ian Anderson on Friday night on Saturday I mentioned Heaney again another lefty uh, just made his first start since April uh, coming back off the injured list went five innings gave up just five hits and a walk and earned run and seven strikeouts against the Guardians Again, another lefty. The Braves hit the lefties pretty well, so I feel pretty good with that matchup, especially with Max Freed on the other side. He's given up one earned run or less in four of his last starts. Dominated the Dodgers in L.A., seven innings, two hits, no walks, no earned, and eight strikeouts. So I feel pretty good about that Saturday matchup. And then on Sunday night baseball, Spencer Strider, the rookie, going up against Tony Gonsolin, who is an NL Cy Young candidate. Gonsolin is 9-0. A 158 ERA, 0.82 whip, 
68 in the third innings pitched, just 35 hits allowed and 64 strikeouts. Like Urias, he has yet to go more than six innings in an outing all year. So that's something to keep in mind. Back in L.A., he pitched a gym against the Braves. Six innings, one hit, three walks, no earn, and three strikeouts. So the Braves did not see him well back in April. And then for Spencer Strider, last outing, not very good. After coming off one of his best outings, his longest outing, the velocity was down. That'll be the key for me in this one. What does the velocity look like? Is it back up to the more 98, 99, 100, especially early on that we're used to seeing? Or is it back to that 96, 97, like we saw in his last outing where he got hit pretty good? So be some good matchups over the weekend. And hopefully the Braves can come away with a series win. And hopefully Freddie Freeman gets the standing ovation he deserves. And then, like I said, hopefully he goes 0 for 15 at the plate after that and the Braves get a series win over the Dodgers. Well, that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at ShortstopBall. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where you get the postcast after all these games this weekend with me and Grant McCauley. You also get the audio version of that in the Lockdown Braves podcast feed. But until then, bye. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 